This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Yessi, and I play Grimton Steadyhand, a fighter, paladin of Bahamut, special legionnaire of the Pandominion, and revolutionary in the Red Capes. And this is Advantage. Last time in episode 2.28, the Unknown Associates had no formal plan on how to go about liberating Nexby's flying skiff from the crates in possession of Herdurthian scabs and warforged. It was chaos from top to bottom, eventually resulting in a crash that quite literally allowed the party to break free. Only a few minutes have passed, hardly enough time for our heroes to decompress as they sit in silence on the back of a dragon-shaped flying skiff, putting distance between them and the incident at Hollow Rum. And that's where we'll pick up. Here's my ASMR right. for you guys. My recording is functioning. Doing the first <laughs> unified start anymore. And now, yes. one, two, three. Oh, oh, oh shit, shit, I missed Joe. it. Can we try that God again? Damn God damn it. <laughs> I was moving my Starting table. off strong. All right. Joe, your hands were so like close, like you were going to just like lazily clap. I was ready for the like, because I'm over here. I always like, gah, like it's a big yeah, clap every like... time. One more again. One, two, three, clap. Okay. Perfect. I don't think I was together, but okay. I'm sure that we'll get it li- we'll it'll, it it'll be lined up in post. It'll buff. Yep, <laughs> it'll buff. Okay, um, now I know that because our most recent recording just published two days ago that you're all caught up and with the show. Definitely and not. Have Definitely listened not. to it oh, yes. and know exactly what happened oh. last yep, time. Yep, 100%, sure. Well, I remember what happened last time. We were badasses last time. What happened last time, Zach? Um, we did a skill challenge about going down a hill. About going down a hill. It was a beep. I definitely remember that. Yeah, that's that's basically all that happened is we went down a hill, um, and then we flew away. We left March to deal with some pretty spicy fallout. Yeah, Marge and Nexby have some serious cleaning up to do while uh, the four of you and Nexby make your escape. But let's not forget, though, the most important part of that episode, which was the important voice lines at the end as we were flying (laughs) away. Which uh, included Alaris, I think, shouting death to Grace under, and then um, Grimton standing up, taking off their hat of disguises, uh, and revealing their red cape, and then shouting down at the rioting crowd below, who are already in conflict with the Warforged, and shouting, break the iron grasp before um, you disappear off around the corner of uh, the mountain. And incredibly, you sit in silence in the open fuselage of a small skiff soaring through the air. About 10 long minutes have passed since you successfully escaped Hollow Rum, but not without stirring trouble. Uh, Your exit can be in no way considered stealthy or covert. Uh, You know that the uproarious chaos and drama 
of the scene that you caused ensures that the kingdom of her dearth not only knows of you and the flying skiff, but also of the Red Cape's return. There is no safety as public fugitives. Uh, what are your largest anxieties going forward? Oh, well, I mean, it probably just made everything we want to do there a lot harder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure Ulrich really knows, like, what to, I, to think. I think I think they're pretty convinced that they will do the thing they set out to do, regardless of what happens, even if that means leaving a mess in the country. <laughs> like, that's not their goal, but, like, they're here. Ah, yes. They're here very for a very U.S. imperialist of you. Well, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're definitely here for their purpose, and I'm not sure they're quite callous enough, but, like, to, to, to not care at all, but, like, their main goal is still home. Yeah, right. uh, Moradlinde is, is deeply concerned for the mess that they have left behind. In Hawaram or in Isotalos? Oh, oh, well, nah, in uh, Hawaram. Isotalos <laughs> <laughs> could be fine. Okay. My only hope is that there's enough attention on us now that the rest of the the other party will be fine the one do going they, to the door who we all were could they see us they probably knew who i was grimton is a public enough figure yeah no they they would know that grimton they don't know who we are that's why we are the unknown associates because my associates are unknown right i understand that's why but i'm just saying like as far as Isatalis is concerned, like if they knew who we were, then they could link back to that and they might send forces that way. Either way, they're associating Grimton and the Unknown Associates with this flying skiff that you're in, which is pretty conspicuous. Yeah, <laughs> I guess there are tales about the Unknown Associates they could probably dig up during Well, they and to. like, Zach's concern is definitely <laughs> the second most important reason to stay anonymous. <laughs> the first of which being we'd have to change the party name. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and we so, know how long the first one took so oh um. yeah and that was like complete bull like <laughs> it took oh an God. arc and a quarter to get the unknown associates <laughs> it's still my favorite thing though like i love it <laughs> <laughs> Nervously glancing behind you, uh, you can watch as the evergreens of the much timber forest and the stone cityscape of Hawarum get smaller and smaller. It's cold up here. As you fly a few hundred feet above the heaving beck, its white water below you crashes through a vast valley of alpine wildflowers. You watch as the skiff's draconic shadow passes over a small caravan of wagons and watch as the civilians run for cover in fear. You travel at least six times as fast as those encumbered beasts of burden, and maybe twice as fast as even the swiftest racehorse could manage on roads. You find some comfort in knowing your current pace. As your heartbeat finally returns to normal, you can really appreciate the engineering of Nexby's skiff for the first time. Uh, it's obviously modeled from the beast whose arcane scales and wings make flight possible. Two draconic wings keep the craft bobbing through the air. Mavros wing leather stretched between aluminum fingers. Uh, delicate hoses, motors, and pulleys act as muscles, connecting the powerful arms to two ball and socket joints at the craft's shoulders. Next, B. Vorlin sits at the cockpit controlling the complex maneuvers of the wings in flight. The four of you are crammed in a single file row in an open body uh, of 
more leather and aluminum framing, but protected underneath by dragon scale. A long slender tail trails behind you, keeping the skiff steady as it soars. Now, okay, there, there's the four of us, but like, are we the only ones in the skiff? No, we also have Nexby. Next and Nexby, okay, okay. Yeah, you left Takas and Marge behind, which right. was planned. Right. Yep. So, uh, Nexby. Yeah. This thing armed? Any defenses on this thing? Uh, yeah, we got four guards. What? <laughs> I thought you said we were the old... Oh. <laughs> gotcha. Well... Is Grimton having to yell this? Like, how how is the wind going? Is it like... Is it like... Like, his beard yeah. is like everywhere. Rest easy. It's as if you're in a convertible. Yeah. With the top down, like that sort of conversation. Gotcha. Rest easy, knowing if any projectiles are fired, they'll hit me <laughs> specifically. Why is that? That's a weird thing to say. I'm cursed. I'm surprised you still have that shield. You know, when I bought the barge in Havenmere, they said that women on boats was bad luck, but... Maybe it's... I've had no problem with women and only problems with cursed dwarves. Nah. Only problems with cursed I don't think I've been cursed the whole time. Why are you cursed, Grimton? This shield, he says, pointing at a shield. Yeah, it's literally got a bullseye on it. I can see now she turns around. I would, uh, why don't you just drop it? I would still be cursed. I need some, like, magic. Have you tried milk? So, Auric is definitely, like, flicking small things just, like, mm. out and then they're flying around and hitting Grimton. <laughs> like, it's taking it's taking Grimton a, a little while to realize it, because it doesn't specify, like, deadly projectiles. I'd also like to imagine <laughs> that, like, tiny bugs and stuff are just, like, <laughs> like yeah. on Grimton all, <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> the shield is incredibly bug-splattered. At what point does something become a projectile? Is, is it, a, is it, yeah, does um, it just, like, need to be moving through the air? Because that's a lot of things. If it is fired... If it is launched deliberately from something, it is a missile and a projectile. So definitely all the things I'm flicking. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. actually a bad guy in One Piece, and his power is anything he touches and throws with this. Like, if he touches you, anything he throws will just keep going until it, like, gets to <laughs> like you. Like a blue shell. It doesn't matter what it is. He can just pick up a person and just throw it, or, like, a car. Like, whatever he picks up and throws in your direction will just go towards you. So anything can be projectile. But it still requires a deliberate yes. thought for it, yes, right? Yes, exactly. So bugs don't count. No. Grimton, at least your curse shield still works as a shield. I heard tell of another shield that is a curse shield where it will make you defend it. So, you know, count your blessings. What? Interesting. Where the hell did you hear this story? In a book. Somewhere. He reads a lot. <laughs> I yell at Nexby. Nexby yells back, Nerd! <laughs> it's really cold up here, right? Yeah, it's definitely cold. Yeah, I'm sure there's like ice gathering on our hair and your beard. You're not thousands of feet up the way that like a hot air balloon, like a weather balloon or like an airliner would be, but you're in an alpine climate, probably 500 feet going quickly. In the air. High up and moving fast. High up and moving fast. <laughs> yes, if you think that we're at a good enough distance, uh, I could just land this thing and give you a proper tour. Uh, I, I really got to pee anyway, down to Thermos of Coffee just before y'all arrived. Sure, I, I wouldn't mind a pit, spo a pit stop. <laughs> a pit stop? <laughs> <laughs> 
Does P become a projectile? So there's no bathroom on this boat. <laughs> hey, Morlinde? It's a little boat. I did I did have the foresight to like pack a mason jar that I got behind my seat. I mean, you can use That's it if you need to. That's a projectile too, then. <laughs> Only if you throw it. <laughs> that was the idea. Cursed jar of pee. <laughs> <laughs> Who's keeping that item? Next, B carefully banks the skiff to the right uh, towards the mountains close to the thick billows of gray clouds that hide the peaks of the giant land, the giant land being like the middle range uh, within the cloud-capped peaks. You can tell that either the craft isn't super maneuverable or she's just acting with extra caution. Ahead, you can see a ledge that she's aiming to land on, a rocky crag that looks over a valley of lavender. That's cool. She reins the skiff to a halt and presses a button uh, that makes the wings stop flapping. Now, please remain seated. She's putting on a really weird voice for some reason. Please remain seated until we've come to a complete stop on land. Uh, and now with the craft's wings outstretched, um, she begins slowly pulling a lever downward, vertically descending the craft the remaining 40 or 50 feet to the ground. You cannot tell if the touchdown was lighter or heavier than you expected you may now unbuckle your seatbelts and disembark the skiff. Next B, hops out of the cockpit. You know, I was really concerned that not naming the skiff before its first flight would bring us bad luck. Uh, but that went amazingly well, all things considered. Y'all start thinking of a name for this baby uh, while I go pee, and then we'll break out the painting page in the champagne. And Pulls. she uh, walks off to find a bush somewhere. Definitely oh, pulling up fantasy no. name generators. Because there is definitely a boat's name on here somewhere. There was a working name, right, at one point. It was Cliff the Skiff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, Cliff the Skiff. <laughs> Very disappointed in. <laughs> You're disappointed in a lot of what we do, Joe. I like and that like... name the best. Oh, my God, there's a fantasy ship name generator. Oh, yeah. no, that like... I'm going to the pirate one. Or, no, the yacht one. Fantasy yacht Ooh. name generator. <laughs> Luxury. <laughs> There's probably bathrooms on those fantasy yachts. Oh, my God. They're amazing, guys. Well, give us some. The, There's one of them, Mavroth. The lustrous. <laughs> the lustrous. The ethereal. Damn. Poem. Wow. Not the poem, just poem. Submarine names. Cushion. <laughs> spaceship names. I'm going with spaceship names. Endurance. Airplane names. The secret. The purpose. Carefree. Yeah, we'll clap. <laughs> Yeah, I got one going. Now. Why did your recording stop? I dropped my dice on the space. <laughs> That's embarrassing. I hope you recorded you saying that. Ooh. I did. I did. Oh, okay. good. We're going to reclap, everybody. One, two, three. But it only stopped because it's a really heavy sink alloy dice from Dark Silver Forge. <laughs> from Dark Silver Forge? Our sponsor of this episode? You think a chess exercise would have done that shit? Hell no. 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 Hey, where can Sarah buy a new set of Dark Silver Forge dice? Probably on their website. DarkSilverForge.com, probably. <laughs> uh, I think Advantage has a discount code that is Advantage D and D, all caps, no spaces. You gotta be tickling my nuts, <laughs> and that's the name no. of this guy's skiff. <laughs> no, the Nip Tickler. The ship. Cliff the Skiff the Nip Tickler. All right. Write that character, Joe. <laughs> and that's the advertisement that Dark Silver pays for. <laughs> All right, give us more names. 
Also, please don't blindly just rely on fantasy name generator. Like, make it <laughs> it's relevant so at least a little bit. Well, that's why to Niftickler is a great the story. name. <laughs> that's not relevant to the story. That's relevant to the meta narrative. That's relevant to the to the now. What do you think the twags do before bed, Joe? How about how about the Vanquisher? Ooh, that's good. The, Despot was the first one I encountered, and I liked mm-hmm. that one. The Dragon Slayers. All right, all right, Joe, check it out. Instead mm-hmm. of the globe trotter, which is one of these, it can be the the cusp trotter. Hmm. I don't know. It was cheesy. I was going for cheesy. Boy, it sure worked. <laughs> Dragon star. There you go. See, star's interesting. Like, why why that? Why? There's a lot in here with star. Oh, I like The this. rising star. How about dragon something I, else? I, that's it. Dragon something else. Dragon's wind? I'm trying to think of something... That would be like a symbol to the people of her dearth. The dragons. The red cape. Isn't this whole thing red? Yes. It could be the red cape. It could be the dragon's bane. Ooh. Tyrant's bane. And then it's not even just Sender, it's all tyrants. Mm. Tyrants S apostrophe? Like. Tyrants, all of the tyrants is bane. Tyrants is. I'm here for Tyrant Spain. <laughs> you can paint on the side of it, this machine kills fascists. Yes, there you yes. go. Okay, that's canon now. This is the Tyrant Spain and this machine kills fascists. 100%. I'm here for it. There's like a shark mouth on the front of it. <laughs> yep. Like a World War II that's fight. It. Which is entirely unnecessary considering that this came from an actual dragon. Like. <laughs> yep, that's it. If you go to our Instagram page, you can see a mock-up of the dragon skiff that I've done. I have seen that. I also have seen yes. it. I'm going to go look at it again, though. And if you look up this picture, it does actually have Mavroth's skull, like its real honest-to-God skull, mounted <laughs> on the front of it, which is That's fun. That's true. That is cool. Perfect. <laughs> Next B comes back. She begins, like, digging around inside the cockpit. She <laughs> she goes over to the skull and, like, feels around for a little button, and the skull pops directly up, like, the, uh, the trunk of a car. Yeah, but specifically a Volkswagen... Since it's in the front. The, yes, yes, exactly. I guess it would be the bonnet then. <laughs> um, and she digs around and like pulls open a, a bag and she says, all right, uh, here's the paint. And here's the champagne that Tak is smuggled from Zadal, the champagne region of Zadal. Um, what name did you come up with? The Tyrant's Bane. Can you uh, tell us a little bit more about your inspiration there just because i think it's good to like get that out well, in the open for for me who well, wasn't here for the conversation and for the, the audience who just you know it's good storytelling whoever the hell the audience is <laughs> i don't know just so you know next me this mm-hmm. machine kills fascists so like i think <laughs> i think that's enough for it to be called Tyrant Spain. Very Woody Guthrie of you. I like it. I do enjoy <laughs> folk music. Is Woody Guthrie in this <laughs> right, universe? Here's canon. Yes. Woody Guthrie is definitely a wood elf. Did you say that champagne was from the Mitha Orchard <laughs> in Sadal? <laughs> which is which is a real orchard. Yeah, you can see fine craftsmanship. Mm. The the legacies set it up there, you know. She does look at the bottle and yeah, there is a little wax seal on it that gives it the Mata branding. Delicious. Uh, next B takes a roll of what looks to be like some sort of wax paper. Uh, maybe she un- unfurls it and then tacks it to uh, the neck of the skiff. And then she picks up a stone from the ground and puts it to the paper and spells out Tyrant's Bane uh, in all caps. And then she, she looks back at you and says, did you want plural tyrants or singular Definitely tyrants? Definitely like a S apostrophe, plural tyrants. 
So all, all tyrants. tyrants is what we're going for? Okay. Just wanted to make that crystal clear because it would be very embarrassing. If we toppled one tyrant and then there was another tyrant? Like, yeah, because then ugh, that's the whole thing. Maybe we can only do one one tyrant at a time. She, she finishes and uh, turns around. Babes and bastards, I present, and she rips the tax down, revealing scrawled in a bold black, Tyrant's Bane! Woo! Ulrich, you want to smash this baby? Yeah, so I definitely, I grab the bottle, and I, like, step back a little bit, and I'm going to just, like, chuck it at the the thing. Here's the problem. It becomes a projectile, so it instead just flies, (laughs) flies and hits Grimton's shield. And, like, there's definitely plenty of champagne that gets uh, all over the the Tyrant's Bane. It doesn't hit Grimton's shield. It It hits hits Grimton. Grimton. I'm assuming that. (laughs) I wasn't, like, shields Uh, up ready. So just, like, um, like... Uh, what's your <laughs> passive dexterity? Pretty high. <laughs> I figured it would Plus be. Plus four. What's your AC, Grimton? Super high. 20 without the shield. It hits you. The champagne definitely hits you. It's not a fault of Ulrich's throwing abilities, even with it's just like a passive throw. But it doesn't hurt you. Like, it shatters on you, but like, it's nothing significant. You don't lose any health and take damage. Right. But uh, next week says, well, great. That was our one bottle of champagne. Do you want me to just rub myself on it? <laughs> yeah, you should. Grimton just goes over there and like... Yeah, rubs his... go ahead and christen it, Grimton. Go ahead and christen it. I could probably wring out the shirt. <laughs> please. Please do. I'm very interested in seeing you shirtless. So I, I go over and I doff my armor and I wring my shirt over Tyrant's Bay. <laughs> Hey friends, it's Joe. So glad you're here with us for episode 2.29. Sorry that it's a week late. I was away from my proper editing equipment as my spouse and I remodeled our home. Then the coronavirus delayed that process even further. So the cast and I have been discussing the role that we want Advantage to play during this plague, analyzing how to do the most good with the resources that we have. We definitely encourage following the World Health Organization's guidance, including social distancing and isolation. Advantage recognizes that, for many, this isolation results in an inability to go to work and make money. Not everyone has the ability to work from home, and not everyone has guaranteed paid sick leave, looking at the United States in particular. If you are in a financially desperate situation where you have to make difficult choices between going to work and being evicted from your residence or starving without groceries, let us help you. Advantage is offering financial aid to as many people as we can afford. We're offering 20 US dollars to 10 people who are asking for it. It's not much, but we can help ease the burden of having to put food on the table. Make sure your Venmo or Cash App or PayPal is up and running, and then contact us via Twitter or Facebook, Insta or email, and let us help you. We love our audience and believe in the power of mutual aid. We will do what we can. For entertainment's sake, Steven is editing a couple episodes of Disadvantage for y'all to listen to during quarantine. Uh, We were intending on making those Patreon-only content, But making sure people don't go stir-crazy seems more important at the moment. 
Thank you to each and every one of our patrons who have helped build our coffers up to the point where we can afford to help our audience and cover our own costs of operation. We know that our patrons are kind people who see the value in this mutual aid program that we're setting up. If you can't give in that way, we encourage you to find a podcasting app that allows you to leave reviews. Five-star ratings make this show more findable and help grow our audience. If you want to get in touch with us, our handle for all social media is at AdvantageDND. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, everything. Our email is AdvantageDND at gmail.com. The next half of this episode involves a lot of maps, which you can go view at AdvantageDND.com world. Thank you to the team of people who have helped us keep that production level specifically like daniel grayling who spent hours digitalizing my maps and also to blake boston orman audio who both compose music specifically for advantage finally the Darkmoor podcast network is full of great shows for you to enjoy during this plague check out the switch series episode that i ran for a mixed dpn cast that is out now Uh, You can find that at the Playing Out of Character podcast feed. Honestly, that session was the all-time favorite one-shot I have ever participated in. I'm so happy with how that dungeon played out. Go check it out on the Playing Out of Character show page and subscribe to them while you're there. The Misadventurers, Fun But Why, uh, How Friends Roll, Playing Out of Character are all wonderful companions of ours. There's a link to our DPN Discord channel down in the doobly-doo. I'm Izteth, an elven ranger who's great in a fight, but less so in a conversation. I'm Delilah, exiled princess and warlock to a frosty air. I'm Samuel, humble human cleric searching for answers. I'm Gashburz, tiefling barbarian raised by orcs and ready to rumble. The glorious saviors of Albion, the Cloudwalkers, the Misadventurers, a 5e folklore mystery tour. Find us wherever you can get your podcasts and join in the misadventure. Part of the Darkmoor Podcast Network. All right, let's get back to the show. Thank you. Allow me to give you a full tour. She, uh, she's surprisingly light despite her looks. In addition to using just a light aluminum, you've of course got the dragon scale. And as you know, dragon scale is naturally more uh, magically brilliant, I guess you could say. Uh, I've heard it described as being naturally drawn to the astral sea, so it reconnects with like Tiamat and Bahamut and all that. Grimton, I don't... You know more about Bahamut than I do. What do you think? About the dragon kind of thing with Bahamut? Yeah, and about the, the magical buoyancy of dragon skin. Uh, <laughs> These are those science well, classes that Grimton slept through. <laughs> at paladin school. Did not attend. And also hasn't had in like 300 years. Like <laughs> as, as you're stammering over yourself, uh, <laughs> next be interrupts as well. Regardless, I'm, I'm an engineer, not a theologian. All that matters to me is that this thing flies. Yeah, so they're like... Hollow or something. It, so you, know, you can. There's smoke coming out of your ears, hon. Do you stop that? <laughs> now coming up with the flight mechanic was a pain in my ass. Uh, I really wanted to base it off of like real astral ships that come in from the plane above, uh, but I finally decided to stop trying to reinvent the wheel. Why am I wasting my time trying to design complex sail rigging when all I have to do is literally just make some dragon wings flap? So that's what we've got. Now, these unfold to a wingspan of, like, 25 feet. Uh, We've connected it up with some very tiny 
very fragile pneumatic systems that control the motors uh, in the wings and the tail. Uh, those recreate the motions of dragonflight as faithfully as possible. Wow. It's extremely, extremely fragile. Don't touch it. Delicate as heck. Got it? Got it. Got it. Got it. Get your hands back from there. I say definitely oh touching it. Get your hands back from I will cut that off, Alric. All right, Alric, Alric, like, throws their hands up, like, okay, okay, just, just, I'm sorry. Thought so far. Well, you didn't have to call us names. Um, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> you ever had any chats <laughs> with any soul forgers yeah, in XP? I'm in a saucy mood. Mm, thoughts, I get it, yes. I'm sorry, uh, Alric was speaking over you, Grimton. I didn't get to hear what you were saying. You ever have any chats with any soul forgers? This is very intricate pneumatic workings here i worked in the factory with everybody else for a little bit so oh. you do what you can plus like i said i'm an engineer this is the sort of stuff that i do and this is the reason why the yatine amrod were the ones that were put into slavery by her dearth god damn grace hunter now as you witnessed a little bit ago takeoff is kind of weird right if you think of a dragon or a bird they just kind of jump into the air and then catch themselves with their wings well the skiff also requires that sort of maneuver. But to do that, the frame of this baby is enchanted with a spell similar to fly. Now, any of you magic users know fly? Yep. What do you know about fly? Um, well, you cast it and you can fly. Right. <laughs> a little bit more detail there. The Wait, there's more? He's the wizard. I wouldn't want, expect this much from Grimton. Do you, do you but, want like a textbook description of fly yes give me the textbook what are the limits of it hey, get ready for your trivia questions guys yeah I'm, I'm waiting on him to throw a question at me that i'm definitely um, ill prepared for number one i next be use she her pronouns and i joe use they them you're pronouns. correct you're correct i don't think i've interacted with you since the last time we recorded and i've definitely forgotten that's fine yeah anyway lars it requires concentration last 10 minutes um, and mm -hmm. get, the target gains a flying speed of 30 feet. Well, sorry, 60 feet. Like I said, this is based off of fly. This craft can hover up to 60 feet for up to 10 minutes. The frame itself is enchanted, magically concentrated enchantment of fly. And during those 10 minutes, it doesn't have to flap or keep momentum or anything. Like I uh, alluded to earlier, imagine a bird or a dragon kind of jumping into the air to catch itself and flap, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So during that 10 minutes... It... The craft can't, like, jump. This is how it does it. Oh. How often can it do that? How much of a recharge does it need? Uh, it's probably got, like, 30-minute cooldown. Okay. So, but does, and that cooldown even starts while it's flying? Yes, right now it is in cooldown mode. Yeah. And when I turn off that hover mode, then cooldown starts. And we can be flying during so, that time. Yes, you turn off hover mode, but even while we're flying, it's using its own It is self-propelled. Yes. So it will it's... still be charging as we're flying. Right. So, like, if you needed to, as long as you've been flying for more than 30 minutes, you could stop and start again, hmm. basically. Exactly. That's neat. Now, that was its maiden voyage, and since this is what amounts to a prototype, it's it's still pretty clunky. It can do that hovering, but it's not really dexterous enough to, like, do stunts or pull sharp turns. Uh, we might be able to do some quicker maneuvers with training in a seatbelt, but it's also got to keep stable enough for passengers. Hmm. Uh, if you look here in the cockpit, you can see the throttle controls. Pay close attention because I expect at least one of y'all to learn how to fly this thing on your Ooh. own. Got it? Ulrich is definitely oh, looking very, very, very yep. interestedly. Yep. 
I, I, I want to learn how to fly the thing. I think we all want to learn it. how to fly the thing. Y'all knocked yourselves out. <laughs> this, is, this, this is not an old man's game anymore. This is a young man's game. The three of you hear that offer and then all want to learn, but I'm only going to give one of you proficiency. The, the rest of y'all can just like have working knowledge of it. Like you could, you could figure it out, but like when push comes to shove, right. you got to give the pile to somebody else. So everybody roll a, I'm going to say you all scramble to get in front let's make it a strength oh. save to try to get the front row oh. seat 18 yeah no um that's a that's a unnatural one because <laughs> i rolled a two but my strength is negative one i got 15 alaris you get the front row seat so you're going to be able to add uh, a trained proficiency bonus for flight now i will say that this cockpit is going to be very crammed for you like, your knees are going to be up into your jaw for this. <laughs> oh, because it's made for, like, Nexby, who is quite small. It's all right. It's worth it. Okay, so you see this stick here on the left? That's the throttle. It's got four gears. Reverse, neutral, forward, and soar. This lever on top of the handle releases more pressure into the motor, which results in, like, extra wing flaps. If you need a burst of more power to, like, make a turn work or something like that, or just like, give you a little boost for a singular moment. Like, it's it's not something you hold constantly. It's just, a, it's like a double jump. You know when you're playing a video game and you double jump? It's kind of like that. What's a video game? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know what these words are. It's important to note that that's not for sustained flight, but it's merely enhancing whatever you're already doing for more control. Now, while in soaring, uh, I reckon this thing averages above the speed of a racing sloop. A sloop is just like the regular sailboats that you picture on out on the lake, you know? Um, but without the restriction to water features or terrain or anything like that. Uh, any questions? No, that all makes sense. Perfect. All right, I know we're generally heading northeast. Uh, Ulrich and Morlinde, if you could read this map, she uh, digs into her own handy haversack and tosses you a map. Uh, if you could try to find us a bearing, uh, and Grimton and Alaris, if you could tell everybody like what to expect as we fly to, where is it we're going again? The Azure Keep. The Azure Keep. The Azure Keep, that's right. If you could tell us what to expect... Uh, I've, I've never been in this direction, so I'm, I'm not quite sure. This will just give me a heads so, up. So, Joe, to make sure that I hmm. uh, remember this correctly, we left... We started... Hararum yep. mm -hmm. to the Azure Keep. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we're currently flying over a mountain range then, but I'm, right? I'm, I'm on the wrong map. Go Let to advantagednd.com slash world, and you too, I'm listener, at. can follow along with us. Here, here's where you are. Do you see where it says Helbador? Oh, I found it. I know exactly where we are. Okay. <laughs> so we just left Hawarum. So we're like above the hinterlands right now. Not quite. Not quite? You are not yet past Maldo Keep. You, um, oh, okay. You're still in the Giantland range there in the middle. Yes. Um, like you've only been flying for like, it was like 10 minutes ago. That's that true. Your whole scrap with everybody stopped. So. Okay. Yeah, so we yeah. are almost to the Maldo Keep, and then after that is the Hinterlands. You're able to identify uh, where you are on the map, which is very helpful. We're on this mountainy spot. Um, now give me a survival check, both of you. Rolling them online 20s. Same. You said a survival check? 12, Joe. Yeah. 17. Like I said, uh, you're able to obviously figure out where you were. I was just going to give that to you. And overall, Ulrich, you 
can take out your compass and you're able to uh, figure out that the Azure Keep is something at a bearing uh, of 51 degrees from Hawarong. So Picture a compass scale and all the little tick marks, all the degree ticks around the edge. Is it 360 degrees, Joe? Actually, wait, wait. <laughs> Are you going to get out your orienteering? Are you going to get your compass out? God damn it. Stop well, no, restart the recording. The Start bar. the recording, Steven. Yeah, whenever you hit stop recording, it just Okay, I'm recording again. again. <sighs> Sorry. All right, we're going to collapse sync really quick. Okay. One, two, three. Okay. Yeah, no, I've got this super really cool one um, that's like old school. Mm-hmm. Like, check that out. That is pretty dope. Yeah. This is yep, yep, definitely yep. a real, what? like, hardcore seafarer's compass. Yeah, and this is definitely what Ulrich has for no particularly good reason. Just in case. No, you're you're a warden scout. You you have a survival pack. You have a compass in there. Fancy compass like that. I'm going to say, too, that, like, this was, like, a gift that Ulrich received. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, like, much... Hey, I found my D20. Much nicer than it <laughs> needs to be. Um, <laughs> that's great. I knew I had it. Um, it's much nicer than it needs to be, but it's it's something that, that always helps Arik think of home. So anyway, Joe, you said I'm looking yep. I'm looking at it. And you're able uh, to get a, a bearing of about 51 degrees as the crow flies from Hawarum to the Azure Key. Yeah, that seems about right. Next me, I'd say we've got a bearing of about 51 degrees from uh, Hawarum to the Azure Keep. Is that like the degree measure from the... From North from north from yeah. north to where we're headed basically. Yes. Okay, cool. I knew we could count on a, a warden scout like you. I'm learning so much today. You you can guesstimate based off of uh, the distance uh, calculator, the scale down at the bottom of the map, that it's probably a four days walk from uh, Azure Keep to Hollow Rum as the crow flies. But of course you're not walking, and nor is it just a straight shot. You're gonna have to do some sort of conversion there. Um, and with your high enough survival rolls, you reckon that you could probably get there with one full day of flying. Cool. Uh, and navigation-wise, more specifically, you're going to wrap east around the giant land through the valley of Kala until you find the river Nogalar. From there, you're going to go north above the foothills that separate the sun plains from the winter ridge. Uh, there you'll hit a village that you see on the map is called Battle, which is on the edge of the hinterlands. Mm-hmm. From there, you're going to turn east, following the trader's path to the Azure Keep. When, um, when you say a full day's worth of flying, do you mean like 24 hours of straight flying? Or 12. 12 hours of flying. Like 12 hours like of flying. Like a day's worth of travel. Like a, like a full road trip's worth. An American road trip, excuse me. <laughs> Not like a British road trip. Oh, yeah. So... For a British road trip, it's like an hour is something substantial. (laughs) Ulrich, out of the corner of your eye, while you're thinking about maps and waypoints and everything, the waypoint of Briston's sea glass that is like superimposed into your own vision looks like it's pointing you to the other side of this mountain range, almost directly east of you. Because they went to Maldo Keep, right? They were on their way to Maldo Keep. Right, well, yeah, that's where they're going, and we're going to fly over that area. If you were to see this scene cinematically, like Alrick is very, you know, focused on their their little gadgets and they're looking, and then there's just a shift in actual like focus, like the, the lens would change focus in a in a movie, and they're still kind of holding their stuff, but they're not really looking at it anymore, and they just kind of take a breath and 
feel that moment of anxiety and, um, you know, missing, uh, feeling, feeling that absence and like hope that things go well, just a sort of quiet moment that Ulrich has. Merlinda, give me an insight check. Oh God, I've got to stop using this random number generator. Uh, not one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Morlinda doesn't even know how she feels. More, yeah, Morlinda's like really into cartography right now. Really into cartography. Grimton and Alaris, can you give Nexby and the rest of the party a uh, brief description of things that you will expect as you fly? Sure. We're going to fly over the Palace of Winter after going through Kalitz Valley. That's an important place for the Steady Hand Clan, at least. How so? My grandfather, Gorbring, uh, yeah, arguably his notoriety went from just a general, a good general, to folklore at the Palace of Winter. I just can't wait for all of you to see the Azure Keep and its splendid marble castle. While we're talking about names and stuff, uh, what are these mountains called? Do they have a name? The ones that we're generally flying over. The Cloudcat Peaks? Cloudcat Peaks, I thought, were in Zadal. That's the Thundercapped Peaks. Thundershaped. Yeah. Thundershaped mountains, mountains are the ones that are north of Zadal. The whole region, this whole mountain range, uh, from, like, top to bottom, comprises uh, the Kingdom of Herdearth. That's all the cloud-capped peaks. Like, the, in the way that the Rocky Mountains are the giant mountain range. But then there are smaller ranges in between so are there any interesting like names or specific mountains with neat neat stories or anything like that the oracle ome his peak his home is around here somewhere there's a, a big old trail called the going to thunder road that that's right do mountain. you know anyone who went to get wisdom from that oracle not in recent memory the last time a dwarf was up there ome told us we were gonna die and wither away so whatever <laughs> Okay. Oh boy! I believe his—I believe his exact words was "washed away from history," but whatever. Like all dwarves? I don't remember if it was specifically dwarves or just the cuss, but whatever. I think it was dwarves. Wait, I, was I dwarves. feel like this is more important information <laughs> oh, than you're letting man. on. It's just okay. an old man. Whatever. <laughs> it's just an oracle. What significance has a prophet or a prophecy had any significance? Yeah. What goes on in the cuss? Yeah. Are you superstitious? Do you <laughs> no, give any I'm credit just to divination? In, in why this person is saying these things and why they're called an oracle. She's a little stitious. Next beat tosses her bag into the cockpit and says, all right, ready to go? All right. Next me, I'd say we've got a bearing of about 51 degrees from uh, Hawarum to the Azure Keep. I knew we could count on a Boy Scout like you, Ulrich. <laughs> a They Scout like you. 
A warden scout like you? Oh my gosh! There we go. <laughs> Doi. Uh, I miss that. Now it's funny though because you 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 chastised me the first time I said warden scouts because like they're not like the boy scouts. They're not boy scouts. But the way but you like, just it, said that, it like, turns out in reality, <laughs> yeah. they're a little boy scouty. They're a little yeah. boy scouty. They are survival based. You do like, have a map and compass skill. Yeah, and like the noun for a singular person from that organization is a warden, not a scout, yeah. as I recall. Like, oh. but like, like I would be warden Ulrich. Did you have to get merit badges? Oh, there's definitely badges. <laughs> oh I yeah, have a sash, there's definitely badges. Like, back there's home. a reason that Ulrich is a squadron leader. Well, I guess is now the chief era. Well, and like, like the equivalent the, of an eagle scout. How many there's, badges do you have? Literally, <laughs> literally everyone you could you could earn. I definitely became like a crow scout. Do you have the dentistry? Which a is like merit badge. Give me a rough nerd. estimate on the number of those. Uh, you need nerd. twenty-one merit badges total, and including thirteen specific merit badges to become uh, a crow scout. Yes, including <laughs> stuff like personal management, swimming, hiking, or cycling, first aid, citizenship in the community, nation, and world. Cooking, family life, emergency preparedness. I forgot you did actual boy Environmental scouts. science or sustainability and communication. Now, yeah. of course, Ulrich learned all the skills that they know from the orienteering merit badge. Yeah. <laughs> Next day, I didn't know you were a scout. A warden. It's a whole gnome thing. Yeah. Well, because there's like the warden scout, which is the organization, and then there's the warden scout scouts, which is the uh, like li- yeah. the little kid version. <laughs> the little kids version, yeah. yeah. They they do the they That's do the um, the Isatelos Wood Derby. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. But <laughs> the Pinewood Derbies. Yeah, but they don't cut down like normal trees. They have to like use whatever they can find. That's yeah, dead already limbs fallen. and stuff. Yeah. It's a salvage derby. It's definitely through the forest too. So like those little cars <laughs> are like hard it's banking. It's got they have a like, whole Hot Wheel track. Yeah, going like. On. All right. So anyway, <laughs> that was some good. I was just so excited because this this little compass was genuinely a gift, and I don't have a whole lot of uses for it because like I don't go anywhere that's gonna require a compass. But like it's cool. It is cool. So, like that's why I got so excited. I'm sorry. When when you say a full day's worth of flying, do you mean like twenty four hours of straight flying, or twelve? Twelve hours of flying, like twelve hours, like of a flying. day's worth of travel, like a like a full road trip's worth, an American road trip, excuse me, <laughs> not like a British road trip. Oh yeah, so for a British hours. road trip, it's like an hour. Have, something. Have you seen the thing that's like the? It's like a clear parody of "Hey There, Delilah," but it's about Texas. Yeah. It's like "Hey There, Delilah." I don't remember what it says, but that like I'm 600 miles away and somehow still in Texas. Like. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. I've seen that. It's funny. <laughs> if you look on a map and you Google distance between Fort Worth, Texas, which is where I am, and Los Angeles, California. The midway point, which is like eight or nine hours into your drive, is El Paso, Texas. Oh, my God. The midway point from Fort Worth to Los Angeles, California, is still Texas. Does that mean it only takes like four hours to drive across New Mexico? That's some some bull right there. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. There's also like a legendary staff around here or something. Ooh, mm. <laughs> Ooh says the wizard. Yes, he is uh, digging deep into the Google Drive right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's funny too is he said a legend. 
legendary staff. Oh no, how long has that been a thing? He said a legendary staff, and uh, I definitely did not imagine a stick. I imagined a collection of people all doing their jobs really well. Um, <laughs> that was, like, they are incredible. Legendary employees. All right. Their synergy is incredible. Hey, now, Joe. If you can find them, you can accomplish anything. Hey, Joe, you're going to... you're gonna. Sorry, you're going to dislike me a little bit. I figured out why the previous recording stopped. It's because I accidentally unplugged my microphone. And now that I've plugged it back in, I cannot switch mid-recording to the good microphone, so I need to stop this recording and make another one. So I'm, When Steven is not invited back for ARC 3, this is <laughs> I'm gonna stop my rec- Mm-hmm. You wanted to find the compass so badly.